Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Live from the pod lab for it's episode four. Episode four of season three. Oh, you know what I was going to do today? I was going to count how many episodes we have. I was going to guess nap, but sure, <laughs> counting the episodes was next. I actually didn't have time for a nap today. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. You need to make time. I know. Because um. <laughs> you're napping for two. Is that something? <gasps> yeah. You can use it. Napping for two. I hope you have something fucking funny to say. I do. I have things to share with you. But first of all, this is Radio Face Stories. The podcast. Where we tell you stories. That'll make you want to drink. Every single day. <laughs> I'm Kezia. I'm Darla. Welcome back. Yep. That was good. Fucking nailed that one. Bone chicka wow wow. Right? Um, <laughs> Darla, okay. I stepped on three spiders this week. Is this still like in your house a problem? Okay, mm-hmm. did you t- tape up that hole in your wall like I told you? I don't. I cannot bend down there. I'm currently, gonna, can I come to your house yes. and I'll duct tape the fuck out of that hole? I should just get the landlord to do it or that. But yes, so I. Oh, Kezia. I know. So the first time I it was it was daytime, so I could see. And wait, were you barefoot? Yeah, I'm no. always barefoot in my house, and like I. We're going to share a picture of these spiders because they're disgu- – I've never seen them only in my house. That's the only place I've ever seen spiders like, like this. breeding your own specific little spider in your house. That's correct. Gross. They're red. They are red. But they're not really tiny because I've seen no, those little not tiny t- weird They're not ones. tiny. No. Okay. They're big. They're red with like a gray bum. They're creepy as fuck. And so I was like, oh, my God, now I'm stepping on them. And in the middle of the night, because I get up to go to the bathroom like 14 times – I stepped on something. I stepped on something, and I knew it was a spider, but I didn't want to think about it. Ew, did it crunch a little? It, like, it was, you know, like the fold where your toe meets your... Stop. It, like, (laughs) went in there. Ew. (laughs) You're like toe pit. Fuck. So I was like, whatever, don't think about it. And then Trigger warning for arachnophobics over... Right? Thank God they're not in my bed. That's so... Yet? Wait a minute. No. Nope. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. What? Do you know how many spiders you swallow in a year? This is a while stupid you're statistic. Oh, yeah? I bet you fucking double it. No, because I'm a light sleeper. If a sm- spider entered my mouth... False. It would also enter your nose. Or your ear. Listen. No, I would feel that. You would? I, w- I would. No. I would, though. You keep telling yourself that, but... I would. <laughs> Anyways, the next morning, there was a dead spider on my floor, so I knew I fucking stepped on it. Gross. I'm sorry this is happening. Can I come to your house tomorrow and help you? Yeah. Okay. Done. You'll tape up my spider hole? Fuck yeah, I will. I'd do anything to your spider hole. <laughs> That's what real friends are for. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Darla. <laughs> okay. 
The other thing I wanted to tell you was that I was decluttering my house. Um, I believe the term is nesting. Yes. Yes. Okay, why the fuck is it called nesting? Like, what are we birds? It's like you're a baby, you're a mama bird prepping the nest I'm, for your baby. So you are I'm not a fucking bird. Yeah, but it's a, it's a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> I If I was a bird, I would be the world's largest flightless bird. You'd be a chicken? A penguin. What are you? I'm a human. A macaroni penguin. Those what? are a thing. I'm a, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm not a bird. I'm a human. I don't nest. I don't like that word. What would you like to call it instead? Just what it, what it is. I'm just... Prepping? Decluttering. Organizing. What's that fucking Marie Curie? What is that? No, that's not. That's a scientist. Marie Curie. What's the, like, Asian lady that you have to, like, hold your item and say, are you serving me a purpose? And then you, like, either it's a yes or a no. Just a minute. Hmm. That sounds like, a, like a, it would take a really long time to get <laughs> you have through to, like, all the talk, You have to talk to each item before you get rid of it. I, that Nobody's got time for that. M- nesting. Marie Kondo. How's your nesting going? She encourages you to tidy or declutter by category, not by location. So all clothes or all books or all papers, not like by room. And then you keep only things that speak to your heart and you discard items that no longer spark joy. What the fuck sparks joy? Like what? <laughs> maybe maybe this, sentimental? This undrank beer, it sparks a little joy. Is there anything else here? Um, Kezia, does this fucking tack... Sparked, must get rid of all my tacks. Like, I don't understand. Well, that one sparks joy because that has a hook on it. That, that sparks joy for you? Yeah, because you I, think about all, I think about all the things I can hang on. <laughs> I'm going to fucking keep Anyways, that. during my morning povich, or what's her name? Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Um, decluttering, nesting, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I found my old CD collection. From <gasps> What? Yeah, all in a binder from the early 2000s. This is incredible. Guess what my 21 Crosstrek has. Your 21 what? My 2021 Crosstrek, my car, my Subaru. What? It has a <gasps> fucking CD player in it. Can we go for a ride tomorrow? Yeah. Fuck. I hope you have sole decision on one of those CDs. Darla, no. Faded. <laughs> what? You love that. You fucking liar. You love that song. I did not have that CD. No, but you may be like a burned copy. No. I'm talking about like early 2000s, like... All our emo, my emo like punk taking collection. back Sunday. Yes. Okay. So I've been listening to CDs in my car, like a fucking teenager. That's amazing. It actually. has been great, and I just have to say that Alexis on Fire. Yes. The album Watch Out is fucking. I'm swearing a lot. It's okay. You, I never used to. You can but do whatever you want. It's because I don't care right now. Um, that album is untouchable. Front to back, every song is amazing, and it might be my favorite album of all time wow. to date. That's a still because bold I statement. listen to it now, and I love. I still love it. I still love it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Let me look, look up a song. What's your fa- What's your favorite? I think you have to pick. Oh, see, this is the thing. I can't. Like, it's just so so good front to back. Do you, does it, does it, did it speak to you at that age? Like, why is yeah. it so good to you? Okay. Like, it just, but it's, I still resonate with, with it. Um, and I'm going to give a personal shout out to this, um, clothing brand called Emo's Not Dead. What? Really? Yes. Started by Matt Cutchell. Okay. So he's making apparel that says Emo's Not Dead on it. And if you guys really love me, I really want a fucking hoodie. 
That says emo's not dead. I will rock that shit till the day I die. Because <laughs> he's buried in it. Uh, my 12-year-old actively makes fun of me for the music I listen to. And all she says is, you're so emo. You're listening to your emo music again. And she sent me this on her. Uh, she texted me this. Is this him? It's a hat that says still emo. <laughs> She's like, you should buy this. And it's a hat that says still emo. No, that's not him, but that's just as cool. And she said, actually, you should get one that says still listening to emo music. <laughs> Dude, and I would. Like, I would wear that. I would wear that. I think it's great. Yeah. I don't know. You, I could go on and on and on and you, on. You get to like whatever you want, bud. But that shit will never. What's get What's your favorite old band? Me. Tell us. We're asking our listeners. Yeah, that's right. right. I wasn't yeah. asking you. You just told me. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's my favorite band, but that album is. I'm sorry. Long story short, it's Kezia's favorite album. Not dead. And that. <laughs> I thought of a new segment. It's called things that drive me nuts. <laughs> And I've got a list a mile long. <laughs> um, do you want to start? Okay, how much time do you have? As a wife and a mother? Fuck, man. I could, <laughs> all night. I could be here all night. How about when people are eating and then they, instead of putting the dish directly in the fucking dishwasher, even if they, like, literally just helped empty it, they just put it in the sink. Mm. Blows, man, no. That would drive me nuts, too. <sighs> I, f- I feel that. I feel that hard. When people slurp their drinks? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like um, like the way my son drinks out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> I had to like ask him to stop seven times yesterday when we were watching a movie together. I, I made you him go get a straw. I'm like, you know what? You can't, you can't handle this. This is too much to drink out of a can. So you, I shouldn't hear you drink. No. I'm like, go get a straw. He had to, I made him drink out of a straw. He oh, thinks I'm so stupid. <laughs> so mean. Straws is fun though, especially when you're a kid. People that snap at other people to catch their attention. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck right off. I'm yeah. not a dog. Get out of here. <laughs> Break your goddamn fingers. That's how I feel yeah, about that. Yeah, I agree with that one. And my husband knows that bugs me, so he does it any chance he gets. Mm, he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you got to go. <laughs> you want to know what drives me nuts? Yes, please. You ever see people, like they just walk like they have an attitude problem? Like a strut, like a strut, and okay. and you you just know that they have something to say about everything, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. I have a question though. It's a fine line between a walk, a strut, and a waddle. No, not a waddle. A strut. A strut. Like you can just smell the ego coming off Ew, of them. Okay. Yeah. No, drives me nuts. Usually they're like short, roid monkey people. That's what I picture when you... Yep. Yeah. They definitely work out. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's all judge the people that work out right now. <laughs> I'll just finish this beer and then I'll, I'll add to it. That drives me nuts. That's fair. You know what else drives me nuts? What? Let it out. When people post pictures of themselves at someone else's wedding, okay, but they don't sh- um, post any pictures of the bride and groom. Interesting. Okay. Why they tag it, the bride and groom. Why does this bother you? Because... Why are you posting? Why are you posting about yourself at someone's wedding and using their wedding to show everyone how good you look? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. It's because they they think because they look good. They took that extra time to like polish their face, so they're like, "I need this is the time I post." Like, absolutely, this is what I'm posting. I'm not defending it. I don't. I'm not a selfie person. I don't. It's just not for me. I don't know why, but it drives me nuts. That's funny. Okay, but you're allowed. Bud. You why don't you post? So- 
Okay. What if, what if, what if, what if they're like a selfie of their face and in the background, like a little blurry maybe, there is the bride and groom. If the bride and groom's in there, even if they're blurry in the background. If they're in there (laughs) or they're somewhere in your post, the 10 pictures of yourself, maybe one of is of them that I think, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if it's just you, I don't know. Fuck off. You're bugging Kezia. You're bugging me. I don't want to see that You're bugging me. (laughs) Hey, everybody, come and see how good I look. Anyways. Okay. I got one more. Oh, okay, yep. This, Go for it. This drives me probably the most nuts. When people don't wear sunscreen... And they, like, go in the sun. They think they're, like, invincible to the sun's rays. And they just <laughs> refuse. Okay. Refuse to wear sunscreen. Are these people under the age of 10? No, these are, like, adult okay. people. Okay. They're like, it's fine. I go really dark. I don't burn. And then they fucking burn. And then, and then they, they get they, melanoma. And then they look like an idiot. Right. And then maybe they get skin cancer in 10 years. But they're just trying to be a hero. Like, nobody is a hero to the sun's rays. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> Just please, for the love of God, wear fucking sunscreen. Put a goddamn shirt on. You're not a no, fucking hero. You're not. You're God not. damn it. It drives me nuts. Okay. Kez, we're done here. You feel better? Deep breath. Yeah. Better? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> PSA from Kezia. PSA? Fuck public service announcement. Oh, wear yeah. Wear fucking sunscreen. Wear just wear fucking sunscreen. Is what is so why what why why can't you just do that? Save I, your skin. Your skin I will just, thank you. I just want to let you know that I'm almost one of those people. It's out of sheer laziness. Like I sunscreen my kid and then I don't bother to do myself. But you but don't. Wait, but wait. But wait. I think I'm gonna wear my sunscreen more now because of you. No, but listen. You don't lay in the sun like a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. You don't. I don't, but I still burn like a motherfucker. I know, but you don't not put sunscreen on and then go tanning. I lather up my half Indian children and then I go sit down and burn the fuck out of my pale skin. But you don't sit in the sun to get a tan and not wear sunscreen. No, that's dumb. Who does that? People do that? This is what I'm talking Who about. Who do you know? People will go to the beach or the river and lay and burn or or to work. And they won't wear sunscreen, and they'll be in the sun all day long. Gross. It drives me nuts. Okay. Wear fucking sunscreen, you guys. Or don't talk to me. (laughs) That's where we're at with this. I like it. Done. We're done. Okay, we're done. Mm -hmm. I have a little story. This is my mini story, because it's Kezia's turn to tell the the main story. Is it? I thought it was yours. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Shut the fuck up, really. No! I did last week. I didn't do a story, though. I thought you were doing it. Say you promise. No, I'm serious. Kezia. No, I'm joking. Fuck off. <laughs> gotcha. Yes, well, man. Okay, I'm gonna, before you, I ask you this, I'm gonna, I'm already assuming you didn't. For wh- where were you? What? Where were you living when we? Were, <laughs> like eight questions not finished all at once. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> where were you living when you were born? In Calgary. You were in Calgary. How long did you stay? How long were you there for? Probably like less than a year. And then you moved to South Africa. Yes. Okay. So, would you in the eighties? You were in South Africa. Yes. Okay. Did you have a Cabbage Patch doll? Uh, no. No, but do you know what they are? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's why I wondered. I wondered because I don't think they were they were big in United like North America. Yeah, I don't no. think they're big anywhere else. Is why I was asking that. Anyways, I had a Cabbage Patch doll. I still remember it fondly. Cute. I hate that fucking word, by the way. Ew. What? Fondly. <laughs> it reminds me of fondle. Like. <laughs> And I just think of someone like, like, like tickling the balls. It' gross. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. 
I had a Cabbage Patch Kid doll. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little story about them. Okay. Okay. One of the longest-running doll franchises in the United States of America was the Cabbage Patch Kid. They're actually still around. But Are they haunted? <laughs> maybe, but not that I'm aware of. So they were at their peak in like 1983, right before we were born. 1983, they were just absolutely massive. People would line up uh, like overnight at stores and wrestle each other to get one of these dolls, like Kramode. Really? Yeah, it was basically like foreshadowing for how people shop now for like game consoles and iPhones. And do you remember Tickle Me Elmo? That thing was massive. But people lost their fucking minds about it. So this is kind of the first of that. So if you look up who created the dolls, you'll come across a man named Xavier Roberts. Mm. So the story is that he invented, the he, he created these dolls, and his little story behind how they came around, like a made-up story, was he discovered a magical cabbage patch uh, when he followed a bunny bee behind a waterfall. What the actual <laughs> fuck? Also... <laughs> I also told my kids that's where babies come from. Magical cabbage patch. My my magical cabbage patch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Gross. Never mind. Did joking. you actually? No, man. What the fuck? It gets one where babies come from. It's my, my ma- magical cabbage patch. <laughs> Take that how you want to. <laughs> Anyways. Did my baby come from your magic? No, it came from cabbage. your magical cabbage. Oh, patch. well, she will. <laughs> gross okay so this he followed this what is a bunny bee i don't know he followed a bunny bee behind a waterfall i'm gonna look it up maybe it's a real kind of bee and this bunny bee would sprinkle magical crystals excuse me no gross was this person high on lsd Oh, for sure so he they'd sprinkle magical crystals on an open field and the cabbage patch baby was born i would like to think if people knew that this is the story behind the dolls that they wouldn't fucking buy their kid one that's a bunny bee (laughs) no I don't want to see that. That's stupid. Okay, continuing. But actually, Xavier, he stole the idea from like a sweet folk artist lady that would hand sew dolls and sell them at a market. Like he just ripped this lady off. So her name was Martha Nelson Thomas, and she created these dolls, which she named Doll Babies, and she would literally hand stitch all of these dolls with loving care to create a unique work of art so each one was different and she would adopt the babies out at markets Aww. right like so she'd sell them but not for she didn't want to make a profit she just wanted to spread love and happiness it's um, very sweet of it her. is she's really sweet she never wanted to mass produce them and her dolls became very popular uh, each of her dolls came with a personal note about the doll and its own unique name xavier got wind of these dolls and their popularity um, that in Martha's community, and he would actually buy her dolls and then go and sell them at gift shops because he's a little fucking weasel. So she found out about this and stopped selling her dolls to him because he was making money off of her. Right. He didn't care and decided that because she never copyrighted the idea that she he would just make the same thing, right, but oh, mass gosh. produce it. So he created these similar-looking dolls to adopt out with their... He had They each had individual names and adopting papers. Like, he stole all the things. The Cabbage Patch kids were created and mass-produced, and they went viral, making him millions. This guy owned a mansion with 30 rooms. He had a chauffeured limousine, and he had 200 employees making these dolls in the 80s. Whoa. So eventually, she Martha took Xavier to court. But because she had no proof, because she didn't copyright anything, it was a really long battle. And after six years, she actually did win the case. Yeah, Martha. So she won, and she got some sort of settlement. 
but he ended up just continuing what he was doing. So she just took the money and wanted it to all be over. He then sold the Cabbage Patch Kids for $30 million. Whoa. <laughs> Dollars, yeah. Over the years, the Cabbage Patch Kids were owned by many companies, such as Hasbro, uh, Toys R Us, and Mattel. So in 1995, Mattel des- decided to, like, they wanted to get some sort of benefits from this Cabbage Patch Kids popularity, and they made a new doll called the Snack Time Kid. Pardon so, me. Just you wait. It's an actual Cabbage Patch Kid, but it had a mechanical jaw that chewed and sucked up toy foods. <laughs> into an empty body cavity like in its abdomen the problem was the doll itself had no way of differentiating between like small toy foods and children's body parts oh my (laughs) god so and the jaws of the snack time kid were too powerful for a children's toy and they were constructed of motors like small motors that were unable to stop or reverse if something got stuck and the doll had no off switch what that is a very, very, very bad And, like, invention. this is mid-90s. This isn't, like, in the fucking 50s. Like, pe- they should know better, right? Yeah. This is the 90s. It didn't take too long for the complaints to start rolling in once these dolls were released. So there was this poor girl. Her arm got stuck. Well, I mean, it's a mouth, so it's not that big. You know, it's Christmas time. Little kid's excited. They wake up. They run down to see what Santa brought them. Three-year-old Carly Mize, all of a sudden, well, she got this doll for Christmas, right? And all of a sudden, she was crying because her doll had snagged her hair one morning. And her mother said the patch of hair was pulled right off her scalp. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Like skin. So she said, the mom said, initially, I thought her her finger was stuck in the doll's mouth. And I checked, and and her fingers were fine, and she was still crying. And so I picked her up, and I realized the doll was attached to the back of her head. The Cabbage Patch Snack Time Kid, which is supposed to eat plastic french fries and other fake food, has no off switch. And she tried to pull and pry the doll off her kid's head with no success. I kept It just kept rolling her hair inside of it. I pulled her hair completely from the root. She's completely bald. And maybe she had to shave her kid's entire head. To get the doll off. To get the doll off. This is like some weird Chucky shit. Can you imagine the trauma that kid now is <laughs> dealing with? Dolls are now the most scary thing to Absolutely. Is there a word for fear of dolls? Um, Hold on. Doll phobia. That's not what it's called. Doll phobia. Pediophobia. Ew, that sounds weird. Pediophobia. Automan. Automandophobia. Right. What? I got pediophobia. Pedio. Pediophobia. The Pedio. fear of dolls. So that kid grows. Definitely has pediophobia now because that fucking doll ate all of her hair. That is so. And that fun. wasn't the only one. There's several others like that. <laughs> So they had to pull 200,000 dolls from their shelves and refund 500,000 dolls. Yeah, so the cannibal doll is no more. But if you happen to have one, like, in your basement, I bet you that shit's worth lots. If someone in the 90s, a snack time kid, and it looks like a cabbage, I'll I'll share pictures. It looks like a cabbage patch doll, but it has, like, a mechanical mouth that eats shit. Dude, if you have one of those, oh, cash in. Don't let it eat your hair, though. That is, oh, my gross. Oh, my gross. Ew. Look at it's eating a french fry. <laughs> at least it's not someone's head. I so I had I had a cabbage patch. Her name was Lunette. And I know my brother had one and its name was Mick. And those things were fucking cute. Uh, I looked at prices to see what they're worth now. They're they're not worth that much. Although the the most one of these cabbage patch kids dolls from the eighties have sold for is two thousand dollars. That's pretty good. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. But most go for like fifty to a hundred. Nothing Weird. nothing crazy. Uh, I got my information from Ripley's.com, History by Day, and Spokesman.com. That's really cool, Darla. And now I want a Cabbage Patch doll. I wonder if that's where the Chucky story... I thought of that, too, with the Snack Time Kid, but I th- let's see from. when that came out. Hold on. You really 
Wait a minute. The food goes ends up in her backpack? <laughs> That's not how anatomy works. Does she have Dude. an asshole in her back? That's gross. I want a backpack snack pack. <laughs> I want to eat food and just go back in my backpack so I can snack on it again. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. So, no, the first Chucky movie came out in the late 80s, and this snack time asshole wasn't around until the mid-90s. Oh, okay. So it did not inspire Chucky. I think the doll saw a Chucky movie and decided to go nutso. That was the first horror movie I ever watched, I think, Child's Play. Would you watch it again? Yeah, it's Should funny watch now. It? I haven't watched it for a long time. I don't like his voice. I don't like anything about it. It's stupid. But it's I'm always down creepy. for a dumb fucking movie. <laughs> That's true. Okay, me too. Um. Oh, we should talk about that movie we watched with the kids. Oh, that was a good one. Innocence. The Innocence? The Innocence. It was, it was interesting. I want you to go first. I really liked it. I think it was a bit of a slow start. We definitely got Stranger Things vibes. Um, But... It was actually a really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love movies that have, like, scary movies that have kids in them. I love kids. Same. Yep. Um, I've never watched a movie where I wanted a child to, to die. <laughs> and in this movie, there is a shitty kid, and there's just you just want to kill him. You just want him to die and punch him square in his yeah, lips. Yeah, he's a little dickhead, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie, though. I would give it a five-star rating. I think it was Innocence, because I remember the throughout the movie, I kept saying, Innocence. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, it is Norwegian. So it's a Norwegian film. We're, we've been watching, like, foreign horror films lately, mm. and it's they're, they're so different from the North American. So different. It's so, like, regurgitated, though. The North American stuff's all the same, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, you can get a couple scares out of it, but it's the same, you know. Yeah. Re- it's just repetitive. Uh, so when we watched the Taiwanese film that scarred us for life, this one was pretty interesting. Yeah. It actually has, like, a really interesting um, plot to it. It's, yep. like, in-depth. Like, the writers thought about... It's slow-mo. Lots of things. Yeah. You gotta... You put your time into it, but it's worth it. It's a good one. I, I, I give it a thumbs up. You? Yeah. For sure. Radio Face Stories approved. Watch The Innocents. Cha-ching. Okay. <laughs> break time? Yep. This week's episode is sponsored by Bickerton Co., Hey, Darla, have you ever heard of a super cool guy named Brett Bickerton? Uh, actually, I think I went in kindergarten with him. What? What? Yeah, but what's he up to? Well, he has his own custom spear gun company. Brett loves spear fishing. Brett hand makes spear guns in his workshop, along with many other cool things like apparel, knives, cutting boards, and recycled wool blanket ponchos. So it's like a marine-based spear fishing, surfing, camping company? Yeah. Very cool. Follow Brett on Instagram, Bickerton Spear Guns. He also has a YouTube channel, Bickerton Co. Brett's website is BickertonCo.com. I also heard Brett is a member of Rugged Coast Research Society. It's an Nanaimo-based nonprofit organization that was started in 2017 by a group of surfers. This organization's focus is to understand and mitigate humankind's impact on BC's wild places. They noticed all the garbage on the shores of these pristine places where they were surfing and it ended up snowballing into a large-scale beach cleanup operation. They clean up so much garbage from our beaches, tons and tons of it each year, and maybe sneaking a little surfing on the side. 
Check them out on Instagram at Rugged Coast Research Society or their website, ruggedcoastresearchsociety.com for more information. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying Radio Face Stories, send us a message to radiofacestories at gmail.com. Or how about buy us a coffee or a beer from buymeacoffee.com slash radioface. Link is in our Instagram bio. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Darla, I caught you a delicious bass. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Okay, hold on. Thanks. (laughs) Is that what you want? I don't know. What's it called? It's a thumb piano, also known as a kalimba. It's like an African percussion instrument. Mm. No big deal. Pretty neat. It is neat. I, t- I, I take it to the class and let the little kids play it. That's cool, right? Yeah. Nice. Play me a little tune. God, you're a natural. I come from a long line of musicians. African musicians. Um, yes, mm. actually. A long line of thumb pianists. <laughs> pianists. <laughs> Are you ready for my story? Yep. Are your lips moist? <laughs> I need a moist palate. Ew. <laughs> my story is on Albert Johnson Walker, Texas Ranger Jr. the third. I'm sorry. Did you make that up? Part of it. Say it again. Albert Johnson Walker. <laughs> you did make some of that up. Some of it. Cool. Have well, you heard of him? No. So he is a he's a man of many names. <laughs> Clearly, even some made up ones. <laughs> he had a, 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 aliases. Mm. This is this is a aliases. St- sorry, is that a word or is it aliases? A- aliases. I know alias. But is that the plural? Of what alias? if there's more than one? Alii? I don't know. Let's look that up. I'm like, I think I get placebo drunk. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Dude, it's a thing. I'm not even joking. Plural. Like, I just get, if I hang out with people that are drinking, I just get, like, drunk off of them. Still. And, like, goofy. Okay, wait. Aliases. You're right. Aliases. Oh, that's a fucking dumbass word. I would definitely have changed that to alii, but okay, go. <laughs> alii? I don't know. <laughs> Something about that word makes me want to sing. Alii. <laughs> <laughs> Ali- Here we go. Hooli lie. <laughs> What's that song? That's what it makes me think. Of. Here we go. Lucy Lou. Here we go. Luby lie or something. Here we go. Loopy Lou. All on a Saturday, Saturday night. Yes, I know that. What is that? that? When you say alii, that's what I wanted to sing. <laughs> oh my god, that's what you learned from school. That's all you've kept this, this whole time. Thank you, grade three. For whatever that was. <laughs> Let's revisit Someone this. Someone tell us what end. song that is so I can yeah. fucking die happy. So we can put it to rest. I, I don't know what the, that's bugging me now. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Please continue. Yeah. Please continue. Okay. Albert Johnson Walker. This is a story of fraud, murder, identity theft, possible incest, Ew. domestic abuse, and much, much more. Albert Johnson Walker was born 
1946. He was from... Okay, I'm starting over. (laughs) Jesus. If anyone ever, like, sat in an actual recording... And just realized how much shit we cut out. You fucking, like, legit, though, had, like, a burp word. <laughs> like, know. the word merged into a burp and back into a word again. <laughs> oh, my God, you're a fucking mess. I am. I am what I am. I am what I am. <laughs> okay. Albert Johnson Walker was born in 1946. He was from... Paris, Ontario. Did you know that there's a city called Paris in Ontario? I actually, I did. I normally don't, but I, I did know that. I did not. Okay. He was a high school dropout. No surprise there. So he did a number of odd jobs after he dropped out. And and then he was hired as a bank teller for a trust company. Boring. Yeah. Riveting. Then he also started filing people's income tax returns. So he must have been a smart guy. So two years later, he quit his job and he started his own freelance bookkeeping business called Walker Financial Services Incorporated. Also boring. Also very boring. I feel like Walker Financial is still a thing. It sounds like something I've heard, but yeah. In over 10 years, Walker Financial grew into a six-branch operation with around 30 employees. Congrats. So he's actually making a name for himself. Sorry, what year is this? 80s. Um, He was married, and he had four children. In 1986, a stock deal that he had invested in had collapsed. So Albert defrauded about 70 Canadian clients of his out of $3.2 million dollars. He was now in the shits, so he fled to Europe in 1990, and he said he was taking one of his daughters, I think his second child, Sheena, on a skiing trip, but he had no intentions of returning. So he was he just grabbed her. He's like, we're going on a skiing trip. That's right. what he told everyone. Bye. Never came home. So upon fleeing, he leaves his wife and other three daughters behind. I mean, how? Why did he? Yeah. Why did he choose Sheena How, to go sorry, with was him? she's the oldest? No, second. Yeah, that's random, right? Oldest, I know. Maybe she was his favorite or something. Weird. She had the darkest hair. He made his way to Harrogate, North Yorkshire, where he and Sheena lived, and she was now posing as his wife. Ew. This reminds me of the documentary we just watched. She was 15. No. During this time, Sheena had two children. With him? The paternity has not been determined to this day. Well, they fuck, will though. not release the information. She refuses to talk about Get it. Get those fuckers on Maury Povich right now. So we can only speculate that he is the baby daddy. That's gross. Cringy as fuck, and we will never know. So Albert changes his name to David Davies. Of all the names you could chose, choose. This is what you chose, David Davies. You could only think of one name. Yeah. So like Dave, Dave, Dave's, Dave Davies. Well, what about like Kenny Kenneth's? And Jen Jenny. John. Jim, Jim Jimmy. John Johnson. Chad. Harry Harold. Mark Markson. Mark Markson. I think they get it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, very creative guy. So <laughs> back in Canada in 1993, he has been charged with 18 counts of fraud, theft, and money laundering. And becomes Canada's most wanted criminal. 
and the fourth most wanted by Interpol. It's an organization that facilitates worldwide police cooperation and crime control. The headquarters are in Lyon, France. Wow. Did you practice that? No. So back in England, so this was, so I went back to Canada. I went back to Canada in 93 to say that he got, had charges and he was Canada's most wanted. Fourth most wanted on Interpol. Like that's pretty that's, That's pretty huge. wanted. He's it's, very wanted. He's super wanted in a bad way. Yeah. Like right. not a cool list to be on. No. So now we're back going back to England. Albert or David or whatever you want to call him at Dave this point. Dave Davies. <laughs> he's um, posing as a wealthy entrepreneur. He meets a woman named Elaine Boys. She's a receptionist for a fine art auctioneer. They start chatting, and during their chats, she tells him about her boyfriend, Ronald Platt, and how they've always dreamed of going to Canada, and they would love to move there one day. And Ronald actually loved Canada so much that he had a maple leaf tattooed on the back of his right hand. On the back of his hand? And he's not Canadian? No. He's from England. That's weird. I know. Is that not weird? It's weird. So Ronald, he's a TV repairman. And David takes an interest in in these two and starts a corporation called the Cavendish Corporation. I don't know exactly what it is about, but he offers the couple directorship of his company. So eventually they accept it and then he sends them on business trips abroad and frequently asks them to convert money from Swiss francs to British pounds. On their trips. In 1992, Albert gives Ronald and Elaine two one-way tickets to Calgary, Alberta, Canada for a Christmas present. Wait, wait, wait. But they're one-way tickets? Yeah. He's like, get there and then you fucking find your own way back. I don't give a shit. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Here's your Christmas present. Go to Canada. And then fuck right off. Fulfill your dreams. Get another tattoo of a beaver. (laughs) Because that's what I would do. And a loony. Like the money or like a loon? No, like the money. Like the money. Okay. So they're obviously excited because they, they're going to Canada now to live their dream in their dream place. So he somehow persuades Ronald before he goes to leave him a signature stamp. So basically his signature on a stamp. How fucking dumb are these people? <laughs> what? Well, I guess Albert is just a he's very a good man. manipulator. He's a yeah. con man. He's a, he's a con and man. And they're good at that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, they prey on weak and vulnerable people. Like Not even the kindness of people. Yeah. People that are trusting. Yeah. Fuck you. So he, he gets the signature stamp. He says it's for corporate documents. He also gets his driver's license, birth certificate. If, if you say social insurance, I'm fucking leaving. No, birth certificate. Same he, shit, He man. gives him his fucking birth certificate and his driver's license and credit card. I mean... It's easier said to not do that, but maybe when you're in that situation, he's got an answer for everything, I'm sure. So as soon as Ronald leaves England, then Albert begins to steal his identity. So he uses all these things. He's basically going to become the new Ronald Platt. Now it's 1996, Albert, they had moved to Essex and were living as husband and wife, him and his daughter, under the names Ronald and Noel. That's so gross. What the fuck, man? On the two children's birth certificates, the father was cited as Ronald Platt. Albert and Ronald, the real Ronald, they stayed in contact and Elaine had eventually left him in Canada. 
so I guess they sep- they split up. And then Ronald eventually ran out of money, and he decided to return to England. And then he moved close to where Albert lived with his wife. So he came back, but this wasn't going to fly for long because there can't be two Ronald Platts. And Albert was worried that his cover was about to be blown. It was only a matter of time, so he devised a plan. Does it involve murder? You know, it just might. (laughs) (laughs) So Albert's plan is to take Ronald on his yacht. So Albert takes Ronald out on his yacht on a little guy's trip. They go about four miles out to sea. So Albert hits Ronald over the head with an anchor, and then he ties it around his waist and chucks his body into the English Channel. On July 28th, 1996, John Kopik and his son, they were on a fishing boat. They were fishing, not much going on that day as far as fish, but they managed to pull up a dead body that was tangled in the nets. So this is a fact that I had learned about fishermen listening to a podcast that um, it happened when it happens that they find dead bodies, they have to give up to the authorities all, the whole catch of the day. So they will end up losing like for evidence and shit money. Okay. Yeah. So oftentimes when fishermen find bodies, they just toss. Them oh, back. what the fuck? Yeah. So these guys actually decided to keep it. Do and the, yeah, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Good. So good on them. Wow. I never thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, though. Other than the injury to the back of the head, it appeared that the man had just drowned by accident. His identity was a mystery at this point, but he was wearing a Rolex Oyster wristwatch. Very expensive. And cool facts about Rolexes is that they all have a serial number that can be traced. Ooh. It was also engraved with special markings every time it was serviced. Rolexes are waterproof, and they include the date and time on their face, and their batteries last about two days when they are inactive. So using the date on the watch and calculating the length of time it was inactive, police were actually able to establish the time of the murder practically down to the second. That's fucking cool. Isn't that cool? That's super cool. Don't kill people that wear Rolexes. Or make sure you take it off first. Take this <laughs> Even after his body was submerged in the seawater for two weeks, they could find this information. So they contacted Rolex, who keeps records of their purchases, and it gave them the name Ronald Joseph Platt, that he had it repaired about 10 years earlier in 1986. The police found David's phone number on a reference letter that Ronald had given a letting agent company. So the police called him. He was still going by the name David Davies at this point. When he spoke to the police, he was more than happy to help, and he even voluntarily went down to the station and told the police that he was pretty sure that Ronald had gone to France. So he's just trying to deter them. The police then later went to his house with more questions, but they accidentally went to the neighbor's house. They knocked on the wrong door, and the neighbor answered, this elderly lady, and she told them that Ronald lived next door with his wife and kids and that he had a yacht. (laughs) And so they started, like, piecing all this stuff together and they had mentioned to her, like, don't tell him that we came by. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence at this point, but not much physical evidence, so they had to do a little bit more digging. I think they managed to find a receipt in his yacht where he had purchased the anchor and there 
was after doing more forensic testing, there was matches from the anchor on the belt of, of Ronald's pants and vice versa. The belt was on the anchor. They, or they did actually find the anchor too. Okay, yep. Yeah. So a year later, the police gained enough evidence for a warrant to search the home on October 31st, 1997. They arrested Albert Walker on suspicion of the murder of Ronald Joseph Platt and found Sheena stuffing gold bars and cash into a diaper bag. So there was said to be about 67,000 pounds of gold. Wow. They call it bullion. I believe that's just gold That's how you make a soup? I know. Gold, I thought about that too. Gold soup. A bouillon. You start with a beef bouillon. <laughs> but if um, you're fancy, it's a gold one. <laughs> the evidence against Albert was strong. Mm. One of Ronald's prints was found on the boat. Sheena also testified against him, saying her father had hypnotized her. I don't know if that's what I would call it. Maybe like manipulation. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Maybe he's also a hypnotist. Maybe he means brainwashed. Yeah. He had been fingerprinted back in Canada um, because I think he had a domestic violence charge against his wife there. And so they had his fingerprints on file. So when they fingerprinted him in England, it came up that he was this wanted person, most wanted person in Canada and on the Interpol, most wanted. So they were like, whoa, this guy... (laughs) So Albert admits to the fraud and embezzlement, but he pleads not guilty to the murder. It took only two hours for the jury to deliberate and he convict him of murder. In 1998, he was found guilty and received an automatic life sentence for murder. If he wasn't convicted, he would have been transferred back to Canada to face his fraud charges. Then eventually, on February 22, 2005, he was transferred back to Canadian prison after about seven years in prison in England, where he faced additional charges of fraud, theft, and money laundering. He had 37 outstanding charges. Holy shit. There. Yeah. On top of his murder charge. He was sentenced in... Kingston, Ontario, to four years for fraud and one year concurrent for violations of the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act. He started serving his life sentence in Canada at Kensington Penitentiary, which eventually closed down, and then I think he was transferred to a prison here in British Columbia. Oh, wow. Yes. A little close to home. I know. He's still in prison, by the way. That's where he probably belongs. He belongs there. Yes. By the year 2000, 500,000 pounds of embezzlement money was recovered by authorities, but they weren't sure exactly how much he lost or stole. I don't think that nearly covered any of it. Like it said, $3.2 million. Yeah, there was there was a possibility of 150,000 pounds of gold bars that were never recovered. And Albert has never revealed how much of his of the money remains hidden. Wow. So it might be treasure. Yeah, could be a treasure hunt. We should go on a treasure Fuck hunt. Fuck yeah, we should. Because I could use a couple gold bars. I could use a gold bar or two. Sheena and her children were allowed to return to Canada after the trial. And that is the story of Albert Johnson Walker. That was a wild ride. He was also what? dubbed the Rolex killer after that. What a little fuck, eh? I know. So, like, if they didn't find that watch, he probably... No, that was, like, the link to all of it, to put it, piece know. it all together. The, the watch and the old lady. 
the old lady neighbor. Never fucking underestimate an old lady neighbor. I know, and she did. She was just being a nice lady. She's like, lady. oh, let me tell you. Do you want some tea? Yeah. Here we go. I'm pretty sure they sat down and had tea, because that's what you do in England. You have tea and biscuits. Spot of tea. So I got my information from Murderpedia, Wikipedia, HistoryDaily.org, and this new podcast that I listened to called Besties and Body Dumps, which is a pretty sweet name. That was episode five. Well done. Thanks, friend. Thank you. That was a good one. If you like what you hear and want to support Radio Face Stories, don't forget to like, rate, and share with friends on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Darla, play yes. this thing. The kalimba. You're actually good at it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. You're making very... No, continue. Okay. You're making very serious eye contact. little ground squirrel <laughs> what does that even mean i don't know okay <laughs> i love it and that is all thanks guys okay bye Beep.